The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my little friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. Oh, yeah. Firearms Friday. It is the most beautiful day in the week. Uh, that, 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 it's Friday, man. It's like my, uh, it's like my, uh, my own personal therapy session here on this beautiful Friday. No matter where you are in the state, it's beautiful because it's Friday. It's Friday and it's, uh, yeah, I know it's cold. It uh, cooled off again, and then it snowed again yesterday. And this is just like the, this is the it will never end. This is the winter that will never. This is the winter of our discontent. Uh, it's like the winter that'll never end. But it is Friday, and uh, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a good one. We're ready to go, and I say it's gonna be a good one because uh, hey, baby. Uh, we're get to talk about our favorite topic today, and that, of course, is the right to keep and bear arms. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Uh, and it's looking like it's going to be a pretty nice weekend overall, uh, you know, with the weather and everything else. A little sunny today. Well, down here anyway. I don't know what it's like in south uh, in this in the peninsula, and I don't know what it's like up in the interior, but... <clears throat> highs of 33 degrees today, uh, which means I'm still not going to get to wash my car. Been trying to wash my car for five days. Just doesn't matter at this point. Um, all right. Well, what do we got uh, here today? <clears throat> well, I'll tell you. Ooh, it's 10 below in Fairbanks. Oof, man. 10 below. Again, not regretting the fact that I, I mean, except for the people. Let me, I just, I want to clarify that. Not regretting the fact that I moved away from Fairbanks. These, uh, dang, almost eight years ago. Seven, seven years ago. Is it one, two, three, five, six, seven, eight, nine? Nine years ago. Goodness. Uh, eight years ago, almost nine years ago. Nine in September. Whew. Time flies when you get old, right? I mean, it just seems like yesterday that I moved away, but now it's, <clears throat> anyway. Uh, don't miss that 10 below, 20 below, 30 below. No, do not miss that. 14 degrees here at the uh, old uh, Radio Ranch. Uh, and uh, loving it. Uh, a little warmer down in the peninsula, but what are you going to do? Um, all right, so <laughs> I'm so distracted, oh boy, this morning. Um, I had a coffee and a Monster Energy drink, and I feel great. feel great. It's all fine. It's good. It's good. It's good. Don't worry about it. Um, all right, so today on the program, uh, let's work backwards, shall we? We're going to finish up the show today with uh, Willie Waffle. Willie Waffle! It's going to be the uh, weekend movie review. I can't wait. It's going to be fun stuff. That's always a great, that's always a great uh, way to finish the day. 
It's a good look at the weekend. It's been a hell of a week. I told... <laughs> it's actually been a... You know, I told somebody the other day, was it yesterday, day before, that 2023 could just eat a bag of... I mean, you know, could just just go pound sand. 2023 has been an interesting year so far. So for every every weekend is like a brief respite from the madness that is the uh the 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 stuff of 2023. Um but let's let's get down to it. So we're finishing up with Willie Waffle. We don't have any other guests. I was trying to get Jacob Solomon from Reason Magazine, but he was unable to attend. Next week we've got Chris Chang, our Top Shot champion coming on. And uh so today it's just you and me, which I kind of like. You know, I kind of like, I, I, I never, I am never sad when I have no guests on a Firearms Friday um, because it's, I don't know, it's just, I enjoy, I enjoy the back and forth. I enjoy the conversations. I enjoy the questions. Uh, I enjoy the the give and take. Uh, I know some of you roll your eyes when certain guests call or when certain, you know, when somebody asks a, what you would consider to be a... I guess a dumb question. But again, I mean, that's the theme, right, of Firearms Friday is that there's no such thing as a dumb gun question. That's why I started doing a show once a week about firearms, because I wanted to educate. I wanted to educate everybody. I wanted to try and share the knowledge and demystify the firearm for people who maybe just didn't know. Not that I'm the end all, be all. I mean, I don't know everything, and I mean, even I make mistakes, uh, you know, occasionally on that. But man, it's like I had the original crowd. I started this like 15 years ago. That was the original crowdsourcing, because if I didn't know the answer, somebody else out there did for sure. One of my listeners, I do have some of the smartest listeners in the world. It was, uh, it was bound to happen. You know what I mean? Bound to happen. Uh, yes, Bill, you're correct. Um, <clears throat> all right, so today. Uh, I've got the phone lines open, in fact, right now. Before I go to the phone lines, though, since I have this graphic up here, I want to remind you that if you'd like to support the program anywhere in the state, uh, you can do so by going to my website at michaeldukeshow.com and clicking on Join the Core, which is the Common Sense Core, Michael Dukes's Common Sense Core, where we, uh, <clears throat> it's the Cool Kid Club. It's the Cool Kid Club. It's the It's the fan club. Where for as little as a cup of coffee a month, and quite honestly, I don't even know where you'd find a $3 cup of coffee these days. But aside from a cup of coffee a month, uh, you know, for as little as that, you can help support the show. It's, 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 a, it's a good way to do it. It's how we did all the upgrades in uh, December when I was off. I, I remodeled the whole studio and changed equipment and put in a bunch of new audio gear and trying just trying to make the show better trying to make it it is a low budget radio show i mean that's it's the truth the weekly the theme song says you know what else do you expect from a low budget radio show i mean i built all this by myself over the last five years and uh i just keep you know tweaking it making it better trying to do the right thing and it's with the help of the folks over at the Common Sense Corps that we were able to do a lot of this stuff. So thank you to all you core members out there. And in fact, we're coming up on the fifth year anniversary of Common Sense Corps. And um, I've actually got some surprises for five-year members. There have been there have been members of the Common Sense Corps for five years. 
years. I went back uh, about three weeks ago and I counted them up. And I got a special surprise for you coming. Uh, unbeknownst to you, um, I'm putting something together. So <clears throat> I appreciate uh, I appreciate everybody who's helped support the show through the Common Sense Core. All right, enough of that. I'll quit. I'll quit my begging. Patreon.com slash Michael Duke Show if you want to go over there and check it out. That's my last. That's my last word on the subject for today. All right, we got the phone lines open at 907-433-3150. Call us up if you want to talk today. Um, we're here to try and answer any questions, to uh, facilitate the conversation about uh, guns and gun rights and uh, firearms law and just whatever you got. Whatever you got. 907-433-3150. And a special thanks to our friends at Satellite West who have sponsored the program um, and who sponsor it every day. Uh, they have all the connectivity that you could want uh, for anywhere you are in the state of Alaska. It doesn't matter. You go all the way down at, you know, in Sitka or all the way up at Oktavik or all the way out at uh, Unalaska. You know, all across the state, wherever you are, that's the uh, that's the that's the thing. Satellitewest.com is where you go. And since it's Firearms Friday, I want to say a special thanks to a couple sponsors who are in your local areas. In Fairbanks, I want to say a special thank you to Frontier Outfitters. Frontier Outfitters, Century Hardware, they have been a proud sponsor of Firearms Friday for nine years. Nine years they have been sponsoring Firearms Friday. And down south on the peninsula, I want to say a special thank you to Sweeney's Clothing, who have been a proud sponsor of the program in general and Firearms Friday as well for a good five or six years now. Uh, Mike and the whole crew down there at Sweeney's Clothing, thank you for sponsoring the program. I'm feeling very magnanimous today. I don't know why, but I just want to say thank you to, to everybody out there. It's going to be it's going to be good. Ten days until bag day. BH, 10 days until, oh, you mean tax day? Yeah, we're 10 days away from having to file your taxes. Wow, maybe I should actually get started on that, huh? Maybe I should. No, just kidding. <laughs> I've already got that. Trust me, nothing scares me more than the Internal Revenue Service. Um, so <laughs> I make sure that I, that stuff is taken care of. All right. Um all right, where we are. I guess, uh, oh, buy a gun day. Oh, I see, B-A-D, ba bag day was buy a gun. Oh, with your tax refund. Got it. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm not getting all the, I'm not getting all the ins and outs this morning. So what stories do I have? Hmm. We could talk the, uh, we could talk about the irony of a school walkout that was shut down by, uh, by a lockdown. Um, we could talk about the pro-gun control uh, California supervisor. He was a pro-gun, pro-red flag guy who has now had a red flag petition filed against him. Um, oh, there's been a settlement reached, by the way, in the Sutherland Spring shooting. Remember that one? That was the, the, the church, excuse me, in Sutherland Springs, Texas, where they... Um, uh, we will get, we'll get to that story. White House is now claiming that the, any, any anti ATF effort, any kind of anti ATF rhetoric is helping 
the Mexican drug cartels. This is Joe Joe Biden. Is if you don't see if you don't understand the irony of that statement, oh, I'm going to educate you on it. But if you if you know if, when you know you know if you know when Joe Biden is saying that any any kind of anti ATF effort or rhetoric is helping the drug cartels. If you don't immediately spit out your coffee, you are there's something like we're going to get to that. Um, and then probably there's one. Oh, there's also some lessons from Australia. There's an Australia, um, an Australian gunsmith speaks out and tries to give us a warning about what's going on. And finally, probably not the way. All right. So I guess we'll start with this one. We'll start with this one. Um, I got, I got so many stories this morning. So many. But this is one, this is probably what not to do. Um, Although I could see myself doing this, not all of, I mean, I guess I should put it in perspective here. So technology in, uh, you know, these days is pretty amazing stuff. You got all kinds of things. Uh, One of them that really kind of blows my mind, it is very useful, even though it comes from Apple. I'm not a fan of Apple products just so that you know and it's nothing against the company i just don't i don't like their ecosystem i don't like the fact that it invades everything blah 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 blah. it's a personal preference right but apple air tags are pretty cool for those of you who don't know what an apple air tag is it's basically a little little tiny device that you can put it low jacks anything you can put it in a car you can put it in a backpack you can put it in a you know wherever you can fit it and hide it you can track where that thing is well, a guy in Texas um, put an Apple AirTag in his truck, just left one in his truck, and his truck got stolen. <laughs> and so after the, apparently the police were not super helpful in doing anything. So he used his Apple AirTag to go find it. And that's when things started to go sideways. And it didn't turn out real great for the guy who stole his truck. According to the uh, the Blaze, the owner of a stolen truck tracked down the thief and killed him after the thief allegedly pulled a gun. Uh, San Antonio Police Public Information Officer Nick Solit said in a press conference, I know that it's frustrating, but please do not take matters into your own hands. It's never safe, as you can see by this incident. I might argue that it was not safe for the thief who pulled the gun on the owner of the vehicle. I'm just saying, when confronted, he pulled a gun. Uh, The Bexar County Medical Examiner identified 44-year-old Andrew John Herrera and ruled his death a homicide. They're still trying to decide what they're going to do. I I just looked at the time and realized that I was so chatty this morning. We're going to come back to this. You're going to find out more about what happened with this. In just a moment, we call that we call that the hook. Want to know what happened? You got to come back. Man, it's Friday. I love it. All right, we're back with more. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty Base, Free Thinking Radio. Find me at MichaelDukeShow.com. Listen to the live stream, which I forgot to turn on, and now I turned on. It's uh, go, go to the live stream. God, it's Friday. We'll see you on the other side.
running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee. Ha, <laughs> nice beard. The Michael Duke Show. Okay. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, now play us the Sweeney song. Uh, I've never heard the Sweeney song. Um, uh, as I, wow. As I was sweeping my garage yesterday, my dog started growling. I looked up a big moose walked towards me just about to enter the garage. Uh, cleared leather that's the sound of clearing leather that spooked him off. Almost shot a moose in my garage. Vexar is pronounced bear, says Gordon. All right. Sorry about that. Bear County. I, but I'm not, I'm not from Texas, so I didn't know. I mean, and I suppose anybody who just, but thank you, Gordon. I appreciate it. I don't mind being corrected when I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, uh, Good idea. Play a quick CCR clip for Brian. Make him feel better. <laughs> uh, let's see. Moose in a hospital. Israel shooting at Hamas. Snow on the water. Fire in the sky. There you go. Um, yes, and it was you, you were correct. You were you were correct, uh, Bill. That is exactly what I said about 2023. That's exactly what I said about 2023. Um, this whole year so far has been almost a complete and total train wreck in so many ways. Uh, Jerrica said uh, she's regretting turning off the decision to turn off the Toyo for the year. Oh, that was a little premature. That was a little premature. We have a backup heater that's getting keeping the chill off, but last night was the first night since we cut the heat off that I we needed to turn it on. I mean, do you can't you can't can't you just turn it back on? I've never had a Toyo, uh, but couldn't you just turn it back on? I can tell you right now, my wife has been spoiled since we moved down here. When we lived in Fairbanks, man, if the house with the thermostat was perpetually set at fifty eight degrees because it was just diminishing returns beyond that. We got down here, and the thermostat said it's 68 degrees. And if it drops to 67, my wife is like, it's cold in here. <laughs> Trust me, we would not be we would not be turning on. We would not be turning the heat off like, oh, it's time to turn the heat off. No, my wife would be like, no. Um, that moose in the hospital could have been worse. Yeah, I watched the video. It was pretty amazing. Uh, so low-key. And good job for the folks who heard of that thing out. It was It was good. Uh, Bill concurs with my assessment of 2023 so far. And we thought 2022 sucked. I mean, I'm not one to usually complain, but boy, looking back over the last three months and I'm like, oh, oh God, I thought I had lots of optimism for 2023. Uh, anyway, it's Friday, baby. I hope you're excited. I hope you feel good about it. Um, you know what I'm going to do? I keep meaning to do this and I didn't because I get the double ding. You know what I mean? I hate the double ding. Uh, I'm talking about the timers with the sound of the bell and everything. I think I'm going to, I'm going to try and fix this. I'm going to try and fix this here while I'm going. All right. <clears throat> we are healthy and happy. I mean, you know, look, I can't complain about the health and everything else. It's just, 
is it me or I was having this conversation yesterday with a friend of mine. Um, and I'm like, is it me or have kind of the whole feeling of everything? It's got a weird vibe, right? I mean, the whole thing, the whole world has got kind of a weird vibe right now. It's like you can feel it. It's like something's off. It's like drawn yarn between your teeth. I just threw up a little bit in my mouth. You know, that yarn between the teeth feeling? That's what it... It's just got that weird vibe, man. I don't know why. I've had it for a while. It's like my radar is... What's happening? What's going on? I can feel something. I don't know what it is. It's something. But uh, we'll we'll deal with it. Okay. Um... It's gone off the rails. The calm before the war, the calm before the storm. I don't know. It's uh, it's pretty rough, though. It's pretty rough. All right. Uh, we are ready to go, ready to jump back in. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. What the hell is an assault weapon? You know, if we could just figure out how to get all of the murder guns and the attack guns and not keep selling those to people and just sell protection guns, I think that would be great and solve a lot of problems. Does this mean that if we hurt your feelings, you'd consider The Michael Dukes Show Assault Radio? (laughs) Okay, we can live with that. Here's Michael Dukes. Yes, it's Assault Radio because it's offensive to somebody... I'm, it's, it's somebody. Um, I was talking about the story uh, that's just come out recently about the uh, Texas man who decided to track down his uh, own vehicle after he was really kind of getting no joy from the uh, San Antonio Police Department. Um, and he had an AirTag, Apple AirTag, which is a, again, it's a cool little device where basically you put the device in something or on something, and then you just pull up your iPhone and you go, oh, it's right here. Um, and so, uh, he decided to track it down on its own. Um, and, uh, the, uh, this was in, uh, Bear County. It's spelled Bexar County and I pronounced it Bexar County. Uh, but I was corrected in the chat room that it's Bear. I apologize. I didn't know. I'm not from Texas. So I had no idea, uh, but a Bear County, uh, Bear County medical, ex- uh, medical examiner identified 44-year-old Andrew John Herrera. He was the car thief who was in possession of the stolen truck. Who, when approached by the truck owner, apparently pulled a gun and was shot in the head, dead on the scene. Police say the precise details of the confrontation are unclear, but that the suspect may have pulled a firearm before he was shot by the man who confronted him. The spokesperson said police believe the only person who fired shots was the person who tracked down the stolen truck. Um, What's interesting about this whole thing, a couple things. Uh, First of all, uh, is that in a lot of the different reportings, they don't mention the fact that the uh, thief pulled a gun on the, on the homeowner or on the uh, vehicle owner. They seem to leave that fact out. And they make it sound like it was some kind of Wild West justice, right? Some frontier. I'm going to take out some frontier justice. We're going to go hang them horse thieves kind of thing. You know what I mean? Um, but what the police were saying uh, originally is that it appears 
uh, uh, he may have pulled a firearm. Now, we may never know. There's probably only one side of the story from what I'm seeing right here. It's basically the truck owner's side of the story. Now, I wouldn't advocate for you to go track down your stolen stuff, although I do know a lot of people who have done that over the years because that kind of thing, stolen property is a very low priority for police. I mean, very, very. I mean, what's the, who's the guy here uh, in the anchor, Scanner Joe, right? Uh, Floyd, uh, Floyd, uh, you know who I mean. The guy has recovered something like a thousand vehicles for people. Like they would post to his Facebook page and say, this is my vehicle. It got stolen. Keep an eye out. Let me know. And he would go out and he would track the vehicle down. Um, so, but stolen property is a very low threshold it, uh, police it's not that they don't care it's just that they got tickets to write i mean no no they got other things to do right i mean they got and so that kind of stuff is just super low priority but for you especially if you're you know moderate income lower income somebody takes your truck or your car or your vehicle um that it, that's devastating to you I mean, because even if you have insurance, a lot of times it's like, you know, you got liability insurance, you don't have full coverage or something like that, that you can't replace the vehicle, you can't afford to rent a car. I mean, it is quite, and I made the joke about horse thieves earlier, hanging horse thieves, but you know, that's why back in the day, uh, a horse thief would get hung. Because if you stole a horse from somebody, especially in the frontier where there's that could be potentially a death sentence for the person you stole the horse from. And so they would hang you for it because that was their livelihood. That was their only means of transportation. That was the only way they could get in to get food or travel to the nearest settlement or whatever. So, you know, while local modern day law enforcement doesn't really treat, um, you know, property crime with any kind of urgency. I mean, you're here's what they do. They basically say, well, if we come across it, we'll let you know. That's essentially it. They're not going to actively pursue it. I have had friends who've had stuff stolen who have the people's faces on camera, know who they are. I, I know that guy. He, and give the stuff to the police and nothing happens. Nothing happens. So that's where this stuff leads to. Now, again, I'm not advocating that you go out and you confront people and you do this and all these other things. But this guy did. Now, they haven't decided. Um, they haven't decided yet what exactly the, the police and the authorities in San Antonio haven't decided what they're going to do. Um, they uh, he didn't seem to be breaking the law uh, while the now deceased thief obviously was. He was in possession of stolen uh, stolen uh, property. And apparently drew a firearm and uh, on the private citizen. Authorities are determining whether to file charges against the armed citizen. I could see why they might consider that. But at the same time, I don't know. If you instigate the confrontation and then it turns into a shooting, you can often be charged with that shooting. But it doesn't mean that it's the right thing to do. Right. If he just showed up and like, uh, here's my keys. Now, the, the smart thing to do is have your spare set of keys. Go back, steal the truck back. That'd be the smart thing to do if if it's possible. But if you get confronted by the guy who stole your stuff and he draws a firearm, well, now you're in self-defense territory. Right. And, and it's a, it's a thing. Going out and hunting trouble is one thing. But just going out and being confronted like a, this is a tough one. 
This is this is a tough one. The bad guy pulled a gun. And the purpose of the instigation, if it was really just to get this truck back, then, you know, and it's Texas. It's not like they're really into charging people for defending themselves. But this is an interesting point. And again, the fact that many of the media outlets left out the fact that the thief apparently, allegedly, pulled out the gun in the first place um, is a little disturbing. I mean, should we just... Uh, should we just, uh, you know, roll over and wet on ourselves and let and let the bad guys run amok because we don't want to, you know, because they're at this point kind of protected by the law or at least the lack of interest from law enforcement. And so we should just keep, you know, rolling over and cowering and licking our wounds. I don't know. I mean, it's a question. It's a question. Um. So anyway, I thought that was a pretty interesting story. Um, we'll see what happens with this guy. And maybe more will come out and we'll find out some other details that we don't know. And, and it, you know, this becomes something that was premeditated instead of just an encounter where the guy was trying to recover. We don't know. We don't know at this point. But on the surface, with the facts we know right now, <clears throat> I think somebody should issue this guy a badge and say, uh, good job, Raylan Givens. For those of you who, for those of you who don't know, that's a justified thing. Uh, by the way, which I'm kind of excited, justified is coming back. Uh, that's the uh, uh, the the Elmore Leonard uh, 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 book, or the justified books by Elmore Leonard, um, were turned into a turned into a series with uh, with uh, Timothy Oliphant in it. And uh, Walter Goggins and a bunch of other great actors. And, and it was a great story, great show. Uh, but Raylan Givens was a U.S. Marshal who basically was always getting in trouble because he basically just shot the bad guys and didn't. I mean, which in some ways is a little as a libertarian is kind of like, ooh, we don't want to necessarily glorify this guy going above the law. But the people that he was shooting were just bad people. I mean, it was just bad people. Anyway, uh, Justified is now coming back. They're doing a, they're doing a, a, not a reboot, but it's a continuation. They're bringing it back, which is kind of exciting uh, for those of you who enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that that whole show. Sorry, sidebar, sidebar there. Uh, what else we got to talk about? Um, uh, we could talk about the Australian war. Oh, we got a phone call. So let's uh, let's go over to the phones and see what you guys have to say this morning. So it's the first call of the day. And uh, feeling pretty good about it. Let's uh, see what's uh, see what's up. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, Mike. It's Fred in Rhode Island. How you been? Good morning, Fred. What's happening down in beautiful RI? Well, a couple of couple of, couple of points I want to bring up with you. First of all, the Tennessee situation with the legislature down there, and these 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 uh, these anarchists who sit there and trying to disrupt it over gun control. I you know I got plenty to say on that. Right. You know they went through the whole January sixth fiasco, and we got people in jail for that. For for what? For just standing on the property while the whole thing's going on. And all of a sudden they're terrorists and they're, you know, they're all kinds of all kinds of evil things according to the dim left. And uh, all and these people are sitting there disrupting the legislative process. You know for this you know for the for gun control. Which you know, I got my own. I got my own theories behind that. But, right. Uh, we won't get into that right now. Right. And uh, as you well know, 
But uh, yeah, you know, I and you know, this isn't in the pushing agenda when the agenda does not need to be pushed during legislative process. And it's the same damn thing. Are these people going to go? Are these clowns going to go to jail for this? No, I mean that's the thing. We haven't really talked about that yet. But what happened was in Tennessee, the Tennessee House expelled two out of three Democrats for joining in a protest that was happening on the floor. So for just to give some background to what Fred's talking about here, three well, yeah, three Democrats if they want to hold the protest out in the parking lot, that's one thing. But yeah. I mean in the middle in the middle of a legislative process and they pull this crap off, it's the same thing as January sixth, except they're not gonna be prosecuted for it. Well it became, and that yeah. is what? Justice for thee but not for me? What kind of crap is that? Yeah, exactly. Well, and and that was part of the problem was uh, that the protest was happening in the gallery of the legislature, and which is you know that that's people being people. But these three Democrats then joined in, grabbed a bullhorn, started chanting. They basically destroyed the decorum and the civility of the floor of the legislature. I mean, the whole point was is that you're supposed to be able to d- agree to disagree or anything else, but it became a shouting match, which always reminds me of. I can't remember if it's the, you know, it's some of those European parliaments where they basically get into fist fights on the floor and stuff like that. And it's like, that's one thing we really haven't had here uh, in America too much. But we're getting, uh, we're getting into that point to where it's a shouting match all the time. That's just like it. Yeah, that's just like the English, yeah. The the English, here watch English parliamentary procedures on television. It turns into a shouting match where they try to outshout one another. I don't know how they get anything done. That's that's like insanity, you know, total chaos. Exactly. So, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think it's it's definitely frustrating. We saw the same thing. There was a shouting match in the hallway uh, of Congress between um, Representative uh, uh, Thomas Massey from Kentucky and Jamal Brown from New York. And Massey was trying to make a comment or a point to him. And, and Jamal just about uh, Bowman just kept shouting him down. That's the answer. We just keep shouting in your face. Just keep shouting in your face. Um, I mean, that, it, that, nothing ever gets that's just done. Ignorance and, that's just ignorance and rude is all that is. Yeah. That, that's just really ignorance and rude on his part. I mean, the guy, the right. guy's an idiot. Right. And, uh, he just proves to the world how big an idiot he really is by doing something like that. Right. So you're right. I mean, this is a, this is a frustrating thing. But, uh, I mean, this is kind of we, – we can't have any kind of uh, civil debate anymore. It just seems like we've lost – the whole art of discourse has kind of – fallen by the wayside well you know you know i mean everybody has their right to their own opinion you know they they do it's just that when they cross the line and start stepping into somebody else's territory you know they've kind of exceeded their bounds and should be held accountable for it you know that, that that's my take on the whole thing yeah. and apparently these these nut job left-wing lunatics communists socialists whatever you want to call them you know they have no regard for anything except their own a bunch of selfish you know, selfish. I won't use the use the terminology over the radio for SEC purposes. Yeah, but you know, I think you know where I'm going with this. Yeah. Well, I, I'm I I I you know, look, I agree with you. I think this is again ridiculous. We can't solve problems by literally just sitting there and shouting at each other, uh, or doing these kind of grandstanding things where you basically are breaking up the discussion on the floor because things aren't going your way, and so you grab a bullhorn and you bring protesters in and do it. Just that's not how it's supposed to work. And then act like you're the victim well, exactly when you're ejected a- when you're ejected because of it. it- well, like I say, it's exactly the same thing January 6th was in reverse, except they're not going to be held accountable because they are the beautiful elite people, like right. the scumbags that they are. Right. 
All right, Fred. Well, thanks for sounding off this morning. It's good to hear from you. I hope uh, I hope you have a good weekend uh, and happy Easter to you, my friend. Happy Easter and you too, Mike. Thank you. All right. Thanks for coming in. All right. Well, that takes us up to the next break. We're going to continue. we got more coming up. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Phone lines are open. 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. We return with more right after this. Don't go anywhere. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free, like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, I'm trying a new uh, timing scheme here. Let's see if this uh, helps avoid some of the uh, secondary dings. It's still going to ding twice, but this will be it. Donna says she recommends all of Elmore Leonard's books. I mean, he he is a fantastic writer. I do enjoy, uh, I do enjoy that. But Justified is just such a, I don't know. It's a I really enjoy it as a show. I like Timothy Oliphant as a actor. Um, I just I really I really like his style, and he plays Raylan Givens so well. And then Walter Goggins is kind of his. I, I don't know. He's kind of an anti-hero. He's kind of sometimes he's the uh, sometimes he's the uh, antagonist. Sometimes he's working with the protagonist. Sometimes he's. But Walter Goggins is just so so good. But anyway, I'm excited to hear that it's coming back. Excited to hear that it's coming back. Justified. Um. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Uh, you are unaware that San Antonio is a very blue city. Well, I mean, <clears throat> any major city in America appears to be blue these days. I mean, really, for the most part. I mean, look at, you know, Cheyenne, Wyoming, right? Billings, Montana. These are not, these are places that are, you know, it's it's not surprising. Not surprising that San Antonio is very blue. We know Austin is blue as well. Uh, but I mean, I what I I don't think I'm wrong, Jeannie. You you come from a law enforcement background. I don't think I'm wrong when I say that property crime is super low on their priority list. Right? They're not they're not going out of their way to try and track down somebody's vehicle. They're like, when we find it, we find it. Right? I mean, and and like I said, I've had people who literally have the video, ring video, or whatever of somebody stealing their stuff give it to the police along with the name of who the people are, and nothing happens. Happens all the time. Happens all the time. Um, I'm going here. Say we're right. All right. Uh, somebody said, Phil, t- kind of like a tot would like, should I top off all the tanks kind of vibe? Kind of. I actually filled up one of my kids' cars with some gas the other day from a drum of fuel that I had sitting around that I that I got a year and a half ago, and I said, go fill it up with more, <laughs> just in case, just in case. Um, 
Tim says he's going to give all of his guns away today to protect others. Good for you, my friend. Good for you. Good for you. Um, I guess that's it. Well, I mean, I don't know what else to talk about this morning other than I got a lot of stories that I don't want to get into while I'm off the air. Um, now I just want to go rewatch Justified again. It's been a while since I watched that. I want to watch. I just found out yesterday, day before yesterday, that it's going to be renewed. So it's good stuff. Um, and I'm trying to go, I want to go watch John Wick tonight. I'm hoping that, I'm hoping that we can get away to go watch John Wick tonight. Cause I want to see that in the theater. I mean, even Willie said it was good. We should do a double feature of Dungeons and Dragons and John Wick. That'd be like an all afternoon affair. That'd be like a four hour, five hour. I'm okay with that though. I'm okay with that. Just give me another bucket of popcorn and away we go. Away we go. Did you already talk about the gun roundup in Washington State, says Tawny? Uh, no. Did I miss a story? I didn't see anything about. You want to drop me a link on that? What? Um, I have three gun websites up this morning with some of the firearms news from around the country, and I didn't see anything about Washington State gun roundup. Um, no, I haven't, um, I see that there's some new gun laws, gun control. I don't see anything about a roundup. <clears throat> you want to, uh, um, you want to, you want to drop me a link on that, Tawny, or send me a message where I can see it? I, I haven't seen anything about, uh, I haven't seen anything about that. Did anyone see the airplane being transported through Palinville last night? That was the that was the FedEx donated a an airplane to a flight school out in Wasilla, and they're using it. They're going to use it as housing. They're going to use it as housing for their students, which is kind of interesting. Kind of interesting to say the least. So I think that's kind of cool. I did not see it, but I knew I heard it was coming. Heard it was coming. All right. So here we go. We are 30 seconds out right now from rejoining the radio. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good thing right there. All right. So I've changed the time. It looks good. It's going to ding again when we're done, but we're ready to go. Um, law enforcement are paying for guns to disarm Americans across the U S they, they look gun collection. That's, that's been happening for years, Chris. And you know what gets turned in at those things? Okay, uh, let's get back into it here and uh, continue our discussion. Uh, it is uh, gun Q&A all day. So anything that you want to talk about uh, that's gun-related, you are welcome to do so. The phone lines are open this morning. 
907-433-3150. I guess since uh, Fred brought it up, we should talk about this. Um, it's an, the, it, it was pretty amazing. Now, the AP characterizes it as an act of political retaliation. It's an extraordinary act of political retaliation, they said. But I see it as the only way to allow true discourse to continue. Uh, while, you know, for many reasons, I would not support this uh, idea of being able to actually expel members from the House, from the uh, state legislature. There's a reason why they did this. And to me, the explanation makes sense. Uh, for other reasons, I, I would not I wouldn't, you know, because you're 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 abrogating the will of the people. But on Tuesday, on Thursday, rather, uh, the Tennessee Republicans in the Tennessee House expelled two Democratic lawmakers from the state legislature, and a third Democrat was narrowly spared by a one-vote margin. Uh, that drew, by the way, accusations of racism because the one that remained was white and the other two were black, which, I mean, that it may look bad on the surface, but again, it had to do with the behavior of what these guys were doing. So here's what happened. Um, the, basically, uh, what happened was there was a protest in the state legislature. Um, last week, hundreds of demonstrators packed the Capitol to call for passage of gun control measures after the shooting in Nashville. Protesters filled the galleries. The three Democratic lawmakers who are up for this split away from the rest of the house and came down and they went to the uh they went to the front of the house chambers not in their seats they basically went up to where the di- the dais was you know in the podium and they brought a bullhorn and they started to participate basically breaking up the business of the legislature what the legislature was trying to doing and they were joining these protesters that were up on the balcony and basically, they were just shouting everybody down. The uh, three had broken a rule, <clears throat> according to um, uh, whoever Pearson is. I think he's the ch- I think he's the chair of the House. Um, they broke the rule, basically, that says that uh, uh, House rule that says you basically are supposed to be decorous. You know that you're supposed to not shout over each other. They were supposed to have some kind of calm and civility and things like this. And so what happened was in the end, they voted uh, that two of these, two of the three of them were out. Now, the reason that they said that they did not uh, oust the third one was that she didn't, she was standing up there, but she didn't have a bullhorn and she wasn't participating in the louder side of the debate, which again, to me seems like you're splitting hairs, but uh, if you're going to oust one, you should probably oust all three. Now, uh, this, again, was all about the, the the protest and the gun control and everything else. And But the problem that I think is pointed out here is that this sets a precedent. And this is what uh, this is what the uh, uh, the Republican leadership said, is that they were concerned about the precedent that if they didn't do something, that any time there was some kind of contentious issue, it would be com- it, they would basically be giving complicit consent for this thing to happen again that you could just march into the capitol start shouting from the gallery that members of the floor would just get up and bring bullhorns and start shouting everybody down and everything else um 
And that's, you know, again, they didn't, uh, here's what they said. Um, he, Jones, one of the people who was ousted, does not even recognize that what he did was wrong. So not to expel him would simply invite him and his uh, colleagues to engage in mutiny on the floor. Again, these are rules that you all agreed to when you became legislators, when you were sworn in. These are the rules of the House. This is like Mason's rules or Robert's rules. You've agreed that you're going to abide by them and to basically just pitch that all away for your cause, whatever your pet cause is, whether it's gun control or abortion or transgender rights or whatever it is, to just pitch those things aside basically flies in the face of everything that's happening. And it means that people won't be able to get their work done. They can't, they can't do it. Now, this may, may be the last of these folks. The two expelled lawmakers may not be gone for long because county commissioners in their districts get to pick replacements to serve until a special election could be scheduled. And those county commissioners could opt to choose the two again to fill those positions until a special election. They would also be eligible to run in those races again. And under the Tennessee Constitution, lawmakers cannot be expelled for the same offense twice. So, they may be back. They may be back. Um, but I just don't see how, you know, shouting people down, which has become a favored tactic. This has become a favored tactic. And I know Fred was saying it was the English Parliament where they're yelling at each other. They do yell at each other in, English, in the English Parliament. I was thinking more about I don't know, it was Latvia or Bulgaria or someplace where they literally would get into fist fights on the floor. They'd shout, they'd get into their, I mean, it was, I, who needs to see that? We're already divided enough around here. We don't need to see that. But uh, anyway, it's uh, it, it's interesting that this is where it's at. But this is kind of the, this is kind of the level of discourse that we have in this country anymore. If you don't agree with me, we just keep shouting things in your face until you agree with me. Um, and uh, part of this was, again, this story uh, that Nick Gillespie over at Reason Magazine had, uh, where he was talking about Thomas Massey and Jamal Brown got into this fiery exchange that was captured by Emily Brooks, who was a reporter at The Hill. Um, where they're in the hallways and and Massey's pretty calm, but Jamal Bowman is just shouting in his face over the top of him. You know, more guns, more deaths, more guns, more deaths. That's what Bowman kept going. Oh, you just want to kill people. You just don't like children. You just don't. I mean, this is the, and it was like in his face, Massey is trying to make a comment about, you know, uh, uh, you know, there's never been a school shooting in a school that allows the teachers to carry. And Bowman just kept going on. More guns lead to more deaths. More guns lead to more deaths. And he's just shouting it in his face. I mean, there is no point counterpoint. There is no discussion on the facts. It is, I'm going to shout you down. And that is, it's just insane. I mean, it's just crazy that you can't at least have a discussion about this, even if you disagree. The good thing about this is, is that Nick Gillespie over at Reason Magazine then breaks down this whole thing about number of school shootings and do more guns equals, uh, you know, lead to more deaths. First of all, all you have to do is read Dr. John Lott's book as a statistician, More Guns, Less Crime. Um, you can read that. But Gillespie goes in the modern day version and he takes a look at it and he assesses it. 
both in the number of school-associated violent deaths. They talk about the rate of non-fatal victimization against students. They break the statistics down. And the bottom line is, is that no, more guns do not lead to more deaths. In fact, we have exponentially more guns today than we had 30 years ago. And the crime, violence, and gun rate of violent crime continue to go down, even with the little blips of 2020 in there as well. So, no, more guns don't lead to more deaths. There's more guns in America today than there are people. Less death than there was 30 years ago. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Let me see. I don't know if you guys can... I forgot to check to see whether or not you guys could hear this uh, desktop audio. Uh, let me see if you guys could. You guys could tell me if you guys. More guns lead to more death. More guns lead to more death. Look at the data. You're not looking at any data. That's. <laughs> I don't know if you. Could you hear that? Could you hear that? It's uh, anyway. Oof. Oof. Uh, okay. Uh, what else? Um, Crickets. Okay, you guys couldn't hear it. Okay. Um, uh, saying AR is ca- causing all of the tragic shootings is like saying the traffic deaths are caused by the wheels. You heard a hiss. All right. Well, that's something I'm still working on then. We'll get back to that here one of these days. Usually I just record the audio out and play it back to you guys, but it's good. Um, uh, okay. Good morning. Hour two. Um, Let's see. Uh, Wow. Nice way. Harold starts off strong with the whole bonehead comment. Great. Uh, Hey, thanks, Harold. Yes, we're all boneheads because we're not all as smart as you, man. Um, Earthquake day. Oof. It's good Friday. Good Friday. Yeah. Um, law enforcement are paying for, uh, and this is my comment to Chris earlier, law enforcement are paying for guns to disarmed Americans across the U.S. Yeah, but if you seen, have you ever seen what kind of guns have come in on those buyback programs? Have you ever seen the kinds of, I've seen pictures of the firearms that come around. First of all, most of them are just cheap cheap Saturday night special stuff. I mean, some of them are just so busted. I mean, I definitely wouldn't fire them. I mean, there is some janky stuff that comes in there for that uh, for that kind of stuff. I mean, they dig deep into the basements and the attics and find non-working fire. I mean, just all kinds of junk and turn it in there. You don't often see, you know, you don't often see uh, a really high-end, high-quality firearms going into those things. So it's it's really much ado about nothing, Chris. That's kind of how that all works out right there. Um, hello, Roland in Argentina. Hello from Argentina. This is Roland. Hello, Roland from Argentina. Welcome to the program. Thanks for coming in. Nobody is selling. Uh, nobody is selling back ARs. They're all turning in rusty junk that isn't safe to fire. Mostly, that's exactly what I'm saying, <laughs> Richard. And I do. I have some junk in my state, some pieces and parts that I've saved up over the years. I'm happy to turn that back in. If they want to, I'll turn that stuff in. 
hopefully if I turn enough junk in, I can go out and buy a new one, right? That's the whole point. Oh, that's what that's that's what Robert just said. Turn in your junk and buy a new one. That's exactly it. Janky. Janky. Um all right. A legit I uh wait a second. I legit remember reading an article where a guy turned in like five broken Walmart shotguns and a musket during a buyback. Yeah. I mean, that's it. It's just like, you know, cleaning out the junk. That's all it is. It's not really getting, you're not getting, you're not, because no, first of all, what self-respecting criminal, because they are criminals, remember criminals by their very definition break the law. What self-respecting criminal is going to be like, Oh, yo, I'm going to get a $50 Walmart gift card. I think I'll go turn my gat in, right? I think I'll go take my, you know, my $500 pistol, which I bought on the black market for more or less than that, and uh, or stole from somebody, and I'm going to get 50 whole dollars from Walmart for that. When they'd be like, no, I could just take this and go rob somebody of $50 and be, you know, more. I mean, what does the buyback do? The buyback is nothing. A buyback is just, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Well, janky, is that Australian? Um, okay, now you're going to make me look it up. Janky. This is from the Oxford Dictionary. That's an actual word. Of extremely poor or unreliable quality. It's, it's in... The Oxford and the Merriam-Webster's Dictionary. I'll I'll have you know. I'll have you know. It's also in the Urban Dictionary. <laughs> Use it to describe a person, place, or thing which is questionable, effed up, wrong, strange, broken down, undesirable. Janky is a word. Stop busting me out for things. Janky is a word. It's one of my favorite words, actually. I use it quite frequently. Um, I sent you a link and an email about the, uh, let's see, Tawny just sent me stuff about Washington State. <clears throat> I know it is. I learned it from you, says Brian. Uh, here we go. Seattle, Seattle Times. Oh, it's a buyback. Okay. It's not, I thought you were like, it's a roundup. Um. Uh, King County gun owners turn in hundreds of firearms at Burien buyback event. Look at this junk. Uh, Sears and Roebuck. Number 18, Model 20, 12-gauge shotgun. Okay, great. There's a musket. There's a thing. Um, they got thir- they, they turned in 287 firearms and 10,000 rounds of ammunition in exchange for more than 36000 in Visa and Master gift cards. Payments range from $25 for antiques and inoperable guns to $100 for shotguns and rifles and $300 for AK-47s and ARs. Somebody did turn in an AR. Oh, look at that. Somebody did turn in an AR. Oh, it's got a Magpul front end on I would have pulled that off before I turned it in. Um, anyway, <clears throat> yeah. Most of the stuff, though, is junk. That's that's just what happens. All right, here we go. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. 
Whoa, buddy. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns. One for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my little friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. Michael Kinshaw. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be Firearms from my cold, dead hands. Friday. Where's my rifle? Where's my gun? Firearms Friday. Oh yeah, baby! Firearms Friday. Your chance to sound off on issues of a two-way nature, right here on the Michael Duke Show. Welcome to it, my friends. Hour two of the big radio broadcast and. I've still got a ton of stories that I haven't even gotten to yet. Um, uh, A ton of stories uh, for firearms news from around the country and around the state. Somebody just brought this another one to my attention here. We were just talking about during the uh, the, uh, uh, break, we were talking about buybacks, gun buybacks, and how they, I mean, really are, you know, they're not, they're not that effective, okay? They're not they're not that effective uh, for the most part. And usually it's a just a bunch of junk that gets turned in uh, for basically for nothing. Um, And and I'll be honest with you, I've seen signs of people standing near the edges of these kind of buyback events in states where it's legal to transfer firearms to other people who who basically held a sign up that said we'll beat any reasonable offer. Where they're literally saying, I'll pay you more for that firearm than the than the buyback people will. Because usually, you know, they want to give you a hundred dollars or fifty dollar gift card or whatever. Um, and so anyway, somebody made me aware of this one that went on down in Seattle. This is in Burien County or Burien City, inside King County. The King County Sheriff's Office took in nearly three hundred guns uh last Saturday on a gift cards for guns event. It's the first of two buyback events that the county plans for this year. So in that, 287 firearms were turned in and about 10,000 rounds of ammunition in exchange for more than $36,000 worth of Visa and MasterCard gift cards. This is according to the sheriff's office. Payments range from $25 for antique and inoperable guns to $100 for shotguns and rifles and $300 for uh, for AR-15s and AK-47s. Um, so which first and foremost, $300 for an AR or an AK 47, just go anyway. Um, gun buyback events are common across the country, but usually when you look at the pictures of what's being turned in, it is some of the most broken down old, they got a picture here in the Seattle times. And the first thing you see is a shotgun. That is a Sears and Roebuck number 18 model 2012 gate. You know how old a Sears and Roebuck model 20 is? Do you have any? 
I mean, this is it's probably still perfectly operable. Don't get me wrong, but this is a shotgun that they probably paid twenty five, maybe forty dollars for back in the day. This is an old shotgun, and so you know they may get a hundred bucks for it. Uh, they do have a picture of an AR that they took in and paid three hundred dollars for. They say that right there, but uh, you know the problem is is that. You don't see criminals going to these events and, you know, if you get a hardened, you get a hardened thug that wants to come in and he's like, you know, he's, he's part of a, he's part of a criminal enterprise of some kind. And, you know, they got to protect themselves, right? They've all got guns, criminals, a lot of them, well, not every criminal has a gun, but a lot of the criminals have a gun, the armed ones, obviously. Uh, And you just don't see them saying, oh, hey, there's a gun buyback this weekend. I think I'll go in and turn in my piece for, you know, a 50 or a hundred dollar Walmart gift card or visa gift card. You just, you don't, you don't see that. It's easier for them to go rob somebody for 50 or a hundred bucks than it is for the, all the gun buyback stuff does is it allows the local community to clean out their attics and their sheds and their basements of all the old junky stuff that they don't have, you know, and it, it's just kind of this feel-good virtue signaling more than anything else. Now, the 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 spokesperson for the sheriff's department is quoted in here uh, as saying, uh, you know, uh, that basically they're concerned about. He said, "We're more and more concerned about gun violence and getting guns off the streets that shouldn't be out there." Again, the guns on the streets are from criminals who aren't participating in your gun buyback. I mean, this is. Is it me or is that just common sense? I mean, that seems to be one of the most obvious things in the world that criminals, by their very definition, break the law and they are not coming to your buyback event to turn in their guns. Guns on the street, we're talking about criminal guns, right? We're more concerned about gun violence and getting guns off the street that shouldn't be out there. People who inherit guns from a relative often look for ways to safely dispose of them. Other people have a need before and had a need before and no longer feel like they have a need and don't want the liability of responsibility of having a gun in their home. Great. Uh, You could sell it for the real market value to somebody who maybe cared about it, but that's fine. Then it goes on to talk about how more than half the gun-related deaths in the United States were suicides in 2020. Yeah, more than half, like 62% of gun-related deaths, which they continue to lump into the gun death and gun violence category. Uh, I mean, because reasons, they love to stack them statistics. Oh, look, the gun deaths. in the day. 62% are suicides. Well, that doesn't matter because somebody still died. Well, but they were going to kill themselves anyway. No, I don't. Okay. All right. You want to keep conflating. The spokesperson goes on to say, if we can help prevent someone from becoming a victim of a firearm, I think it's worth it. Uh, Okay. Okay. Uh, Your gun buyback, I just don't think that you're going to. While events are popular, some researchers and gun safety advocates argue that they are not effective at reducing gun violence. (laughs) What? Right, because police departments typically collect guns unlikely to be used in crimes. Yeah. It's a yeah. Uh, Back in 2013, right after the Sandy Hook shooting, uh, Ralph uh, uh, Facetelli, 
Then board president of the Washington ceasefire movement called it a feel-good measure that does little to end gun violence. It is virtue signaling. 287 guns were collected. $36,000 was given. That's $125 per gun on average. $125 per gun. It it doesn't, I mean, no self-respecting criminal is going to go in there for $125 in turn, especially a perfectly good AR or something like that. It's just, you know, I'd be interested of the 280, wait a second, come on, I just want to. Just want to do that. Uh, the Of the 286 guns that were turned in, I sure would love to see how many. Um, I would love to see how many were actually working firearms and how many were, were actually those evil black rifles. Those evil black rifles. And like I said, I mean, you if you really wanted to, you could stand outside one of those events all day and says, I'll buy your AR for more than they're paying. I'll buy your AK for more than your, you know, 300 bucks. Heck yeah. I'd do that. As long as it's operable and looks good, I'll buy it. (sighs) Anyway, um, thanks for the heads up on that, Tawny. I appreciate that. Uh, The federal government has reached a settlement um, with the victims of the Sutherland Springs shooting. Now, to refresh your memory... Sutherland Springs was the shooting in Texas at the church. It was the most uh, deadly shooting in the state's history. 26 people were dead. Uh, You'll remember that this is where a good guy with an AR came in and killed a bad guy with an AR. Uh, This is a guy who was driving by the church and heard the gunshots and saw the shooter leaving and exiting the church, drew his own AR, and... uh, shot the guy dead and he drove off and then crashed down the road about half mile down the road and died. Um, of course, you'll also remember that the shooter in that instance was a, um, he was an unlawful person. He was not, he was not eligible to possess a firearm because he had a dishonorable discharge from the air force for domestic abuse and other things. And that the, uh, air force and the department of defense failed to, transfer that information over into the proper channels to get into the NICS system, he was able to pack and pass a NICS background check. And that became a huge point of contention because that's what they're always saying, right? Well, you, if you, we need universal background checks. We need all this. This guy just waltzed in, filled out the paperwork, got past the background check, bought the rifle, went out and killed a bunch of people. So wait, this is the law that's supposed to save everybody, but it only works if the people who are working the system actually work it. So um, the Department of Justice is now announced that it has reached a tentative settlement agreement with the families of the victims of the mass shootings. Uh, they reached an agreement of $144.5 million will be paid to the victims of the family. Uh, Settlement comes after months of back and forth in the case. A district judge originally ruled that the government was 60% responsible for the attack that took place because of its failure to enter the shooter's domestic violence history into the background check system. The judge said the government owed the families $230 million, which would have been roughly almost $10 bucks a piece. But in January, the DOJ appealed the ruling, arguing that it could not be held mostly responsible for the attack and pushing back on paying the damages. Um, but again, the truth is here that the government dropped the ball. 
And the laws that everyone keeps saying, these are the laws we need. Universal background checks. I mean, there's red flag. Remember the Parkland shooter? The guy who went into the Parkland school and shot everybody up? Remember, red flag. He had 27 interactions with local law enforcement, negative, like, interactions. He had interactions with federal law enforcement, and he was still able to get a gun and go do these things. I mean, this was a troubled, troubled guy. And we could just go down the list, the Navy Yard shooter, the Virginia Tech shooter. We could just go down the list of these people who should have been reported uh, over and over again. The Navy Yard shooter, he had been disciplined for uh, misconduct with a firearm in the military, was still able to go out and get a gun and use it to shoot up, shoot up a bunch of people. I mean, there's so many, so many uh, of red flags on all this kind of stuff, you know, flags on the play, not red. I shouldn't use red flags. I guess there were so many flags on the plays on all these different things where the system is just so fundamentally broken that it doesn't matter what laws you put in place. It's obviously still happening. But first of all, because they're criminals and they've decided to break the law to begin with. But secondly, because of things like this. Oh, they just didn't put it in the system. So how's that universal background check working out for you? I mean, it's just, oh, man, it's just, it's so crazy. So crazy. Um, All right, we're, we're coming up, uh, we're coming up on the break. So I guess we'll, uh, we'll keep going here and we'll jump back into it in just a minute. Don't forget, Willie Waffle's going to be joining us here in just a bit. For the weekend weekend movie and entertainment review. The Michael Duke Show phone line is open. You guys want to call in? One final segment dead ahead, 907-433-3150. You can tell me uh, what do you think about that. Um, it is Good Friday. It is uh, Easter this weekend. I hope you're ready for a big weekend with the friends and the family. We'll be back with more of The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Regularly heard on American radio. Time, time, time. See what's become of me. AR-15 are worth over 15. Well, depends on the AR-15. It could be worth over $1,500. I've seen plenty of seven or eight hundred dollar ars but i mean 300 bucks it's a good deal you should go down if you can get it for 350 i'd do it bring bring your cash um i'm pretty sure the muskets went home with one of the cops there's a picture in the paper in this article in the paper um that i mean there's a set of dueling pistols like flintlock dueling pistols in a case presentation case and everything got turned in i'm like you only got 25 dollars for muskets i would have Oh man, I oh man. Um. Anyway, yeah, we'll beat any state offer exactly. Uh, a buyback assumes a criminal would be willing to give up his or her means of making money. It's the equivalent of asking a taxi driver to sell her sell his car for a gas rebate. I, I'm I'm with you. It's exactly what I'm saying. 
I mean, what? I want to make 50 bucks? I'll go hold up somebody down in the corner with the gun that I've got. I'm not going to turn my gun in to do it. I mean, I'm not a criminal, but I'm just, I'm thinking through the, I don't want to, nobody clip that out and be like, yeah, I'm going to go rob somebody. No, I mean, but I'm saying this is the mindset of a criminal, right? I got to, oh, I could sell, buy, buy back my gun or I could use the gun to go rob somebody. It's it. You're a criminal already. What? Like they said, it's a feel-good, do-nothing theater. It's all virtue signaling. All virtue signaling. Um, King County doesn't have the brightest crayons in the box. Um. All right. Um. Uh, Harold's coloring eggs today. Good for you. Good for you. That's one thing I loved about Easter, especially when the kids were younger. All them hard-boiled eggs. Oof, man, I love me some hard-boiled eggs. Um, Make deviled eggs for days. Deviled eggs for days. Um, Going over here. Uh, uh, They use ropes, too, and jump off bridges. People who commit suicide. Ban bridges and ban ropes. I mean, yeah, people throw themselves in front of trains. They take sleeping pills. They, you know, you know, drive off the bridge. They do, you know, whatever. Y- y- you need to hopefully reach those people before they reach that point. But if they don't, people, if they're committed to to, to ending it, they're going to end it. That's just that's just how it is. Um, when I saw that report on TV, says Tawny, it was sensationalized gun roundup. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. It's just a buyback. It, it's. <clears throat> And I know that's that's how they want to play it. Oh, it's a gun roundup. No, it's just a buyback, which doesn't do anything, you know? Yeah, it's like a, I'm not a criminal, but I play one on the radio. Exactly. Uh, yeah, like a criminal, well, excuse me, like a carpenter selling his hammer. I, yeah, I mean, how are you going to... Deviled eggs with bacon and avocado? I mean, do you put the avocado in with the deviled egg part with the yolk? I want to, inquiring minds want to know. Avocado and bacon is like my my wife and I's weekend meal for breakfast on the, on the weekends usually is avocado on toast with bacon. Like, and everything bagel seasoning on it and like a good 12 grain wheat toast with with the with the avocado just all fresh and then you know sprinkle in the the everything bagel and then lay the bacon on top oh it's so good so i mean hot do you put the do you put the avocado in with the because oh, deviled eggs they are the devil they're so good um yeah bacon bits in the yolk mix and sliced avocado on top ooh yummy now I'm hungry. Thank you. Um, all right. Uh, we are, um, I don't need a drawer full of butcher knives uh, either, but they are one of the most common weapons. Exactly. That's exactly what's going on. They are the most common weapon. Fo show. Fo show they are the most common weapon. All right. We're 20 seconds out. Getting ready to jump back into it. The Michael Duke Show. Comet Sets. Liberty-based. Free-thinking radio. Like and call and share and, and subscribe and do all the things and stuff and things let's go here we go jumping back into it right as soon as it dings as soon as it dings
what the hell is an assault weapon? What isn't? If I assault you with a penguin, doesn't that make it an assault weapon? Does this mean that if we hurt your feelings, you'd consider The Michael Dukes Show Assault Radio? <laughs> okay, we can live with that. Here's Michael Dukes. Yes, an assault penguin. I'm concerned about that. I'm really, really... I mean, if I slap you with a fish, is... <laughs> is it an assault fish? I mean, you know, assault glove? I dare you, sir. I challenge you. <laughs> That's an assault glove. Take him down. Uh, I mean, you know, come on, folks. This is some crazy, crazy stuff. All right, welcome to it. It is Firearms Friday. I didn't get to hardly any of the stories that I wanted to talk about today. That's okay. That's okay. I'm I'm all I'm all good with that. Couple ones that we can finish up with here, though, this morning. Um that uh I guess that are on the irony scale. These are the ironic stories of the day. Uh, so first, uh, from Bearing Arms over Tom Knighton and over at Bearing Arms is writing about this, you know, following the school shooting in Nashville last week, uh, there's been a lot of students who apparently have opinions about gun control and God love the young people. I mean, seriously, they're trying to be engaged with the issues, but many of them just don't kind of catch the nuances of it because they're teenagers, right? They're just, they're not necessarily, I mean, I'm not saying they're all that way, but as a whole, as a species, teenagers are not big on nuance, right? But they love to, you know, go out there and stage those walkouts and do everything else. So students in Highland Park, Illinois, a town that had its own mass shooting not that long ago, uh, was decided, the, the students, they decided that they're going to go ahead and do a walkout. They planned a walkout demanding gun control. But the walkout was quickly interrupted by reports of a possible gun on campus, and they locked the whole building down. Uh, according to a letter from the District 113 superintendent uh, obtained by ABC Chicago, the district received an anonymous tip shortly after the walkout started that a student allegedly had a gun. So the school went into lockdown. And the city released a statement alerting neighbors that there was a heavy police presence in the area. No shots were fired. Uh, the scene has been secured. Law enforcement has confirmed there's no credible reason to continue the lockdown. The police added that five students have been taken into custody. So the fact that five students were taken into custody suggests that, yes, there was a gun, at least one, on campus at a school that was staging a walkout to protest guns i mean maybe they should start in their own back i mean again that the, the their kids five students these are high school kids they are not leaked they're ineligible they're not supposed to have guns at a protest and a walk why maybe they should put you know, do things like, you know, I don't know, metal detectors in school. Maybe they should harden the schools up a little bit. Maybe they would have caught this a little earlier if they just, you know, I mean, that keeps, we don't want our kids to be in prisons and do everything. It's, that's what happens right now. You got to go to a state courthouse or think you're already doing it. You got armed guards at banks. Why wouldn't you want, you know, guarding your fictitious money in the, the digital ones and zeros in the bank? Why wouldn't you want an armed guard in your kid's school? Why wouldn't you, you know, so mark this one up to the ironic category. Ironic category. 
that, you know, a school walkout for gun control is locked down and five kids are arrested because, well, guns. Also under the ironic category, <laughs> oh, it, it just, I mean, I hate to, I, you know, I, I feel like I've got that evil cackle going on in the back of my mind over this. Uh, but I'd be lying if I said if I didn't take some kind of evil glee in the fact that people who are these progressive gun-grabbing political hacks have their lives overrun by the thing that they have been professing is the best thing since sliced white bread the whole time. Take, for example, disgraced San Diego County Supervisor Nathan Fletcher. Fletcher, who has been an ardent supporter of so-called gun control and California's gun violence restraining orders, the red flag laws, recently had a complaint filed against him. The complaint included sexual harassment, failure to prevent sexual harassment and retaliation, sexual assault and battery, whistleblower retaliation, and more. The folks over at the San Diego County gun owners uh, did, uh, did him the uh, liberty after all that stuff came out, of having a gun violence restraining order filed against him and requested that his CCW, because he's one of the special only ones that could get a CCW, to have his CCW permit revoked. I'm sure something that he obviously was in, he was in favor of. That's what he said. We need all those. The San Diego Gun Owners Association, acting on behalf of its members and, of course, on behalf of Fletcher's ideology that he strongly holds on to, penned a scathing letter to the law enforcement officials of Fletcher's district, checking in on the status of the gun violence restraining order being issued. They said last week a lawsuit against Supervisor Nathan Fletcher was filed, with it, which includes accusations of sexual assault and battery, harassment, and other illegal behavior. It's not unusual for those accused of this level of illegal activity to have their concealed carry permit revoked and a gun violence restraining order filed to remove access to all their firearms. In addition to the lawsuit, Supervisor Fletcher released a statement stating that he is too mentally unstable to continue with his campaign for state senate and that he is entering treatment for addiction. The purpose of this letter is to ask for an update on the progress to make uh, made to revoke the supervisor's CCW and to file a GVRO against him. I look forward to the update of your response. <laughs> I mean, I sh it's in it. <laughs> uh, somebody who's actually running for office on all these points and everything else, and just to have that thrown right back up in their faces. It is just, oh, the Fletcher's office did, in fact, announce that he intended to self-admit into a rehab program on March the 26th. They said Supervisor Nathan Fletcher will check into a treatment center this week for post-traumatic stress, trauma and alcohol abuse. He's also decided to forego a run for state senate to focus on his health. He released the following statement. For many years, I've been suffering from devastating post-traumatic stress associated with combat, piled on top of intense childhood trauma that has been exacerbated by alcohol abuse. While I have shared some of these challenges publicly, they run much deeper than I have acknowledged. Outwardly, I have projected calm and composure. Internally, I've been waging a struggle that only those closest to me have seen, the detrimental impact on my relationships, mood, and inability to speak uh, to sleep. I will seek help. 
I have the recommendations of my therapist and the insistence of my wife this week. I'll be checking into an extended inpatient treatment center. I mean, again, does any of this excuse the sexual assault, sexual harassment? uh, What was it? uh, Sexual harassment, failure to prevent sexual harassment, sexual assault and battery, whistleblower retaliation. Does it does it refuse any of those things? I mean, it's he apparently uh, this case was filed with the Superior Court of California. It names uh, a 34-year-old woman who immigrated from Peru. She was formerly employed by the Metro Transit System in San Diego and was fired the same day Fletcher announced her run for the California State Senate. It alleges that Fletcher engaged in the following behaviors. He stalked her online. He surfaces on his uh, her social media account. He reveals that he wants sex from her. He lures her to his hotel. She he sexually assaults her on multiple occasions. She's abruptly terminated from the uh, transit system the same day he announces his run for uh, state senate and uh, tries to silence her by threatening to destroy her reputation and sue her for extortion if she vindicates her rights. So this is, uh, wow, wow. Um, I can't even read to you what else is in this thing because it would violate the FCC regulations for common decency. Um for what happened in this. I mean, this is some, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's tough. It's some tough stuff, but this is the guy that's okay with, I, this couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. I mean, this whole, uh, gun violence restraining order and the red flag thing, this just couldn't have happened to a nicer guy, but that's the irony comment right there for you folks. That's the whole thing right there. These are the people that saying we're the only ones that should have guns. That the people that we decide are the good guys, which be like me, right? I mean, the politician speaking. We're the only ones that should have guns. That's why these red flag laws should be there. <sighs> what you going to do? What you going to do? Bad boys, bad boys. Um, all right. Uh, do I got time for anything else? I, we're coming down to it. Um, I, I just don't think so. This is just, again, more proof positive that, and this is what David Cadre talks about when he talks about the only ones, the only ones. Uh, He actually has a tag in his War on Guns blog where he talks about that because those on the left often say that the police or the military are the only ones that should be trusted to be armed. And yet we still have the whole defund, defund the police movement and all these other kind of things. And it's just, it's it's insane. We see that you can't because power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And you see the reactions of bureaucrats and police officers and some military personnel and everything. There's bad apples in every barrel. It shouldn't be the only ones. We should have the ability to defend ourselves. We should have the ability to basically protect our own lives and take care of ourselves. That's how it should work. Sometimes, though, it just, you know, people just don't, just don't listen. All right, we got uh, Willy Waffle coming up. We're going to switch gears a little bit, have some fun, do some movie reviews and entertainment news. Woo, that rhymed. I like that. We're going to be back with more in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Base, Rethinking Radio.
streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Uh, yeah, they are called firearms and not weapons until used as one, like every other implement used in a crime. Exactly. Uh, gun control and disarming the population creates an environment where folks in the population are at the mercy of the government. I mean, we elect folks to deal with potholes and have to drive around. And you want these folks to manage guns. Thank goodness for the Second Amendment. See, Harold, actually, again, just like a... You know, even like a stop clock is right twice a day, at least. Twice a day. Um, blend the avocado. Wait, what? Blend avocado into deviled egg mix with horseradish. Mm. Um, let's see. Maybe some Daily Wire 2. Um... When my dad was in high school, he had a shotgun hanging in the back window of his 55 Chevy pickup, and lunchtime they went out target shooting. I mean, I remember we had, we would have a, a gun behind the seat of the car occasionally when we'd drive it around to school and do things like, I mean, it, you know, look, that stuff happens. You you take it. I mean, I remember going hunting with my dad and coming back, and we were all armed all the time. It was no big deal. It only became a big deal later on when everybody got their panties in a wad about, oh, my God, he's got a gun. Yeah, I just came in from the field. I was out hunting and I got my, you know, 45 strapped to my hip or whatever, you know. We, what? So what? Oh, I'm so scared. It's because the news media has brainwashed you. Um, uh, it's Easter. Anything else besides ham? No, I think ham is pretty standard fare for Easter. I really do. Which reminds me, I got to go get my ham today. I got to go get a ham. Oof. Love me some ham. Okay. Um, brown sugar and bourbon ham. That's what's happening this weekend, my friends. The big brown sugar and bourbon ham. Um, now you'd have the SWAT team out. The school shut down and the entire community rushing to the school. Times have changed. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it has. Um. I missed the avocado. I missed that avocado. Was it it? Was what was it again? Uh, the avocado. We were talking about deviled eggs with avocado and bacon. And I asked, where do you put the avocado? Some people say you put the bacon bits in with the yolk mix and lay a little avocado slice on top. And others are saying put avocado in with the yolk mix and some horseradish. It's all good. It's all good. It's delicious. <laughs> uh, back in the day, everyone had a gun rack in their pickup and two or three rifles. Yeah, I know. Right? I mean, it wasn't like it was a big deal. How times have changed. I'm sure people back in the 80s were saying, oh, how times have changed. And people back in the 50s are going, oh, how times have changed. I, I mean, they keep changing, but is it for the better? Is it for the worst? Is it? I don't know. I don't know. I know we're more divided today than we've ever been before. I don't know how to fix that other than to try and have rational and reasonable conversations to use some accurate thought and, uh, you know, to try it. I, I just don't know. I just don't know. And then I don't, you know, and then to don't participate in the madness when it happens. I don't get into arguments with people like that. If you get into the whole shouty thing, I'm like, okay, bye. You're right. 
You're right. hundred percent. You've convinced me. You've convinced me. See ya. <laughs> I'm leaving. You know, you just don't, you just don't argue with that kind of stuff. I mean, that's insane. You just don't argue with those kind of people. Um, now, so one of those things, one of those things. And then I go hang out with my kids and watch a movie or play video games or, you know, chit chat or do whatever we're doing. That's, that's, that's better in life. More fun. I go play my favorite game. My new favorite, my favorite game. Uh, all right. Uh, we're ready to go. Uh, getting getting up to it here in just a second. The phone is about to ring. Willie Waffles about to join us. You ready for the weekend movie review? I know some of you don't care, but I like it. I like it because it's a gives me a little bit of a break. Little bit of a break. Little bit of a positivity boost. I'm all about that stuff here. So I'm loving it. I am loving it. Make sure that you like and follow the show page. Make sure that you subscribe on YouTube. Have you subscribed on YouTube? If you're watching right now and you have a YouTube account and you haven't subscribed to my show, why haven't you done that? We need that. We need that. Happy Easter, Harold. Thank you very much. Have a happy Easter. Yeah, thank you, guys. Uh, appreciate you uh, coming on board. Willie Waffles, he's a lot of fun. He is a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. He's a he's a good guy. So, uh, yeah. We're it's I, I look forward to it every week. It's like the capper. It's like the kickoff to my weekend. Oh, it's like the it's like you're popping the. Oh, I'll tell Willie that I'll tell Willie that it's like popping the cork for the beginning of the party. Right. That's what it's like. That's it. I will tell Willie the phone's ringing. So here we go. Getting into it. The Michael Duke show. Common sense. Liberty base. Free thinking radio. <laughs> Well, it's the weekend. Well, it's on the cusp of the weekend, I guess. That's uh, how we do things around here. But that means that it's time to break open the... This is like the... It's the metaphorical champagne popping for the weekend. We bring Willie Waffle on and it's like... And we just pop the cork for the weekend. I guess that's how it works. Willie Waffle, WaffleMovies.com. Good morning, my friend. How are you? I'm doing great. When you hear my voice, I want you to think about the happiness of the weekend, the excitement of the weekend. The freedom of the weekend. <laughs> champagne. It's like champagne for me. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's uh, dive in here. We got some weekend or we got some uh, entertainment stuff that we need to get to first. Uh, where do we want to start? How about with um, Harry Potter? Harry Potter. There, you know, it's made all the splash. Of course, the video game has got some people up in arms and blah, 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 blah. But Harry Potter's still a viable franchise, and Warner Brothers wants to do something with it. Oh, that's right. Warner Brothers wants to milk every last ounce out of that <laughs> that heifer baby, okay? And, and hey, they've learned from Star Wars, and they've learned from Marvel, and they've learned from everybody else. This is the way you do it. 
this is the way this is the way say. yeah this is the way. yes but uh yeah so warner brothers which now has merged with discovery so i guess they're called warner brothers discovery they of course are eliminating hbo max they're going to roll out their own streaming service hbo max will be folded into it don't be don't be scared you'll still have an access to hbo max but it'll, it'll be under this warner brothers discovery new streaming service and well when you start a new streaming service you want something special. You want something that's going to draw some eyeballs. You want something that's going to bring right, people in. Right. So they decided we are going to try to produce a Harry Potter series, like TV series. Okay. But here's the here's the here's the twist. And I almost think this might work. I just I, I don't know. I'm on the I'm on the edge here. They don't want to create new stories. They want to take the original books, the original movies, you know, however you want to think about it. First seven books, right? Right. The original seven books, right? Instead of one book equaling one movie, one book would equal one season of the TV show. So eight to ten hours instead of just a two-hour movie. Yeah. This is the deep dive, like a direct translation from the book kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh. You know, now part of me thinks, well, that's brilliant because you know, you know, you don't you don't always get the opportunity to create something new in the universe and have it work. Fantastic beasts. <laughs> so, right, you know, I think it could be a good idea. But like, you know, are we ready for anybody else to be Harry Potter? I mean, aren't aren't those memories still a little too fresh? I mean, wouldn't it be like redoing Star Wars and being like, ah, so here's the new Luke Skywalker? Yeah, but it's a deep, but it's a deeper dive, right? I mean, it's a deeper, I mean, that's the the thing. It's the expansion, right? I mean, because a movie always just concises everything down to like the Cliff Notes version. And yeah, but I mean, Daniel Radcliffe is like 30 now. So, I mean, does it really, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I could see another, uh, another actor playing, uh, playing Harry Potter and playing, you know, I mean, Snape would be the hard one to replace in my opinion, as far as, you know, who could be that, but I, I don't know. I'd at least watch the first season just to see what it was like. I'd definitely do that. I mean, do you think they would do something like like uh, like the Al Pacino, uh, uh, Martin Scorsese movie, The Irishman, a few years ago, where they would take Daniel Radcliffe and and Watson and the other guy Rupert Grint and like do some computer thing? No, oh, no, where they're they too. They're too look young again. No, I mean you'd have to make them look. I mean Harry yeah. Potter's supposed to be like twelve or thirteen in the first yeah, book. Yeah, so, that'd be hard. Yeah, so that'd I don't think hard. you could do it. I think you'd yeah. have to. I think it's a full recast uh, from Hagrid yeah. on down. You know, and that's just uh, you know it is what it is. But um, I'll be honest, I would be interested to see it. I would. I would. I enjoyed the Harry Potter books. I read each one with my kid. We read them together as a family. I thought they were they were great. And so this would be a very interesting take on it. I'd I'd watch this, I'd watch the first season at least. I mean, if they if they wheel of timed it, okay, you're dead to me. But if not, then you know that's fine. Uh, all right, so we're looking forward to that. Any any word on when that might happen? Are we talking a couple of years here? Well, or what are we talking? They're still kind of negotiating it. I think the the I think the reason it's leaking now is because you know here in in a very short time, I want to see either next week or the week after, uh, Warner Brothers Discovery is supposed to have a big announcement about the new streaming service, 
And and I think their hope is they can at least announce that this is coming in the future. Uh, I mean, I would think it. I would think you're looking at at least two years. Yeah, I would. they'd have to get it written, get it oh, cast, yeah. get it uh, shot. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of work to do. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's at least eight to ten episodes, I would assume, somewhere in there uh, yeah. to make it work. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, speaking of milking a dead cat, Shrek Five is on the horizon <laughs> i mean really shrek 5 is where we're at now but this is not just a remake with uh you know some cheap voice actors this is the original cast yeah no they really want to do a, a, a shrek 5 i mean uh you know illumination is the studio or you know the the the, uh, the animation studio behind the original shrek and, and their ceo uh revealed that yes they have been in discussions with mike myers Cameron Diaz and Eddie Murphy to do a Shrek five. And they've been working with DreamWorks to make it, to make it happen. And, and these discussions are actually quite serious at this point, mm. uh, you know, and they, they think they've already got Eddie Murphy. And, and the reason that, that, that I say that is because Eddie Murphy, you know, as he's been doing other interviews over the past year or so has openly said he would love to do another Shrek movie. Right. He, matter of fact, he said, you know, when he saw they were doing, um, when they were doing the new P Puss in Boots movie in December, he said, why aren't they doing a donkey movie? Right. And everybody at Illumination went, yes, we can get Eddie to do a donkey movie. Yeah. We're in. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I think they can get him to do Shrek 5. And, you know, I mean, Mike Myers, what else is he doing these days? <laughs> yeah. And Cameron Diaz, she said she retired from acting a few weeks ago. Well, you, she'll turn that, that, that boat right around, baby. Right. If, if she comes, if they come a call with a paycheck to right. do some voice acting for Just a few voice hours. Acting, right? yeah, yeah. Voice acting is not <laughs> acting, right? I mean, it's not the same. It's not the same. Well, uh, it's not the same. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's not quite the same hours. It's not being on location in the same way. Right, right. Uh, you know, it, it's not going through makeup every day. Right. I mean, there's a lot of positives to yeah. it. Yeah. You go to a studio and you in an air conditioned studio and you do a week's worth of work and you're done. That's pretty much the, how, how that works. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll and they see. still pay you the same oh, paycheck. And they will pay you a big paycheck for that. Yeah. If your voice is uh, recognizable. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. Um, Murder Mystery 2 on Netflix. Uh, now, I never saw, Is this is the sequel, right? Is that the deal? Yeah. So, this is the sequel. Uh, yep. But it did well. So, I mean, so it, it did well. It did very well. Yeah, it, it did super well. I mean, it, you know, Netflix announced that uh, over the weekend when uh, the Murder Mystery 2 starring Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston uh, played, it was the second biggest opening for a comedy film that Netflix has ever had. And it came out to 42 million views. That's a lot of watching. Not bad. That's a lot. That's a lot that's of a eyeballs. Lot. That's a lot. It, what's the well, first one? Know, Do you know what the first one was? Just out of curiosity. That's what's driving me crazy. Yeah. That's what's driving me crazy. No story will say what the number one is. And yeah. I, I searched I searched high and low through the internet, man. <laughs> I searched every story about this. I actually was looking for like just any other story about top Netflix films ever. I can't find the top one to save my life. If somebody out there knows what it is, I just out of curiosity, I need to know now. Yeah. Yeah, but 42 million views on the opening weekend, uh, if you did the math on that and just punched in, you know, $10 a ticket, that's a big earner. Yep. That's a big earner. That's a, 
that's a huge earner. And then, you know, I, I don't know if it, I don't know how much repeat viewing that was, to be honest with you. I mean, you know, I, I think when you've seen a comedy the first time, are you turning around and watching it again later that day or the next day? I mean, it, you know, maybe a kid's movie, you would see that kind of turnaround. Maybe, you know, some big Marvel or Star Wars movie, uh, you would see that kind of turnaround where somebody might watch it two or three times in a day. But I think a, a comedy like this was just aimed at adults, which is, you know, Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston. I, I think a lot of people just saw it once over the weekend, and there were just a lot of people that saw it once over the weekend. I even tried to do the math. They said it came out to like 64.42 million hours viewed, and I did the math, and it's almost as if everybody who viewed it watched it all the way through. Right, because that's about, about 90 minutes all the way through, so it's about, yeah. yeah. and the movie is 90 minutes, yep. yeah. Yep. Well, good to see. I mean, it's, uh, you know, good for them. Everybody needs a laugh, especially in this day and age. It seems like we're lock we're lacking a lot of laughter these days. Um, all right. Well, let's move over to the streams and stuff um, on Paramount Plus, a new series that revisits the old. We're again, we're revamping everything that's old now is new again. Grease Rise of the Pink Ladies. Yes, it is a Grease prequel. Uh, that's on Paramount Plus. It's set four years uh, before uh, all the events of the movie Grease. And uh, we see, where did the pink ladies come from? Who were the founding members? Why did they come together the way they did? And, uh, you know, so we, we, we meet these, uh, these new young ladies, all of whom are kind of outcasts at the high school. They all have suffered from gossip and innuendo. Their reputations have been sullied and they find a friendship together. And they decide it's them against the rest of the school. Nice. And, you know, it, it's it's a nice story about friendship. I right. Mean, you know, it's always nice to, to, to get a story about people who are willing to to be the oddballs and embrace it and fight for it. And and that's nice. Um, but it really is trying to capture a spirit of Greece, which it can't capture. Uh, you know, there's, there's all sorts of new song and dance numbers that kind of fall flat. Um, they start off the, the whole series with a, a revamp of Grease Lightning which might be the best song there because it's the only one that's not new. Right, uh, right, know? right. And, and you know, so that, that's kind of not, not not a good harbinger of future uh, success. Right. Uh, you know, but I just I just feel like, you know, it, it, the story needs a lot more than just, hey, they're back at Rydell. Hey, there's a younger version of a character we remember from the first movie. I mean, it really is riding on those coattails way too much right now. I'm at like one and a half waffles. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a great story, but it has to have more substance to the story instead of just writing on the framework of Greece. Essentially. Yeah. yeah. You could have, you could have done this series brand new in a whole new setting without having the Greece hook on it. Yeah. Well, interesting. Uh, we're running out of time, so I'm going to skip over the air, which is the story about how Nike signed Michael Jordan in theaters, because I quite honestly could care less. Um, so let's but move. It will come to Netflix soon. <laughs> soon, at an undetermined time, right? Uh, but Super yeah. Ma- Super Mario Brothers. There's been all kinds of angst in the nerd world about this right now. Chris Pratt playing Mario, Anna Taylor Joy playing Princess Peach, Jack Black as Bowser. Give me the rundown quickly here. Yeah, so, you know, the, the whole story is that Mario and Luigi are, are struggling plumbers in Brooklyn. And uh, when there's a big water main break, they get sucked into some vortex, into some fantasy world that will look very familiar to you if you've ever played the video game. Right. And the evil, the evil Bowser has decided he wants to take it all over and destroy it. And along the way, he kidnaps Luigi. And that means Mario and Princess Peach are going to team up to save the kingdom. 
Okay. <laughs> and uh, you know, you know, listen, it's it could be worse. I you know, it, it, you know, I know there's a lot of controversy about you know, is is why why isn't why isn't Chris Pratt doing more of a Mario voice? You know, it's a Mario, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's the problem. You can't win if he tries to do an Italian accent, he'll get bashed. He doesn't do Italian accent, he gets bashed. Yet, yet Mario's parents sound like a really like horrible parody of The Sopranos. Okay, right. so you like they want to have it both ways in this movie. <laughs> And and you know and, and it, it's it's very bright and I think the animation is interesting but I feel like it's overpowering like it's just it's overly dominating it's like burning right. itself into my eyes right right uh, you know I'm gonna go one and a half waffles I just it kids kids I think are getting a lot more out of this than adults there's no doubt in my mind right right well I remember yeah. Pixel remember Pixel the Pac Man movie with the thing uh, was it yeah was it is anywhere as bad as that one or no thank okay. god no all I'll right give, i'll give you that it, okay. was, it wasn't as bad as pixel yeah yeah, yeah and, and that was an adam Sandler movie yeah know. right like, well i might <laughs> i might uh i don't know i might watch it i might not we'll we'll have to see but uh one and a half waffles for super mario brothers all right my friend well thanks for coming on board I appreciate it uh next week uh what can't wait gonna be good stuff it's gonna be great man we're hey come on the, the Pope's Exorcist? Yeah, yeah. The Pope's that sounds Exorcist. crazy, man. That, that just sounds, sounds crazy. Heretical is what it sounds like. All right, folks, we are, <laughs> we are out of time. We will see you on Monday. Have a great day. Be kind, love one another, live well. Have a good weekend. I mean, the nerd in me is like, well, this sounds like kind of like fun, but I just, I don't know. It's so hard. Uh, you know, it was like Pikachu Detective. I still haven't seen that, but I want to more than I want to see Mario Brothers. You know, the, the, uh, yeah, you know, right. Cause, yeah. Cause at least the Pikachu Detective has Ryan Reynolds. That's exactly it. That's why I want to watch it. Cause it's got Ryan Reynolds in it really quite honestly. Um, and I love Chris, oh, I love Chris Pratt, but I'm just like, how do you stretch this into a, it's just so weird. You know, it's just so weird to watch it. It's, it's really, really weird. And, and just, you know, and, and I think they lose the biggest opportunities for the laughs. I mean, come on, Seth Rogen's playing Donkey Kong, dude. Oh, There's dude, like a hundred yeah. jokes there that they just didn't use. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know? No, you know? they've got I some great talent here. I mean, Black, Jack Black oh, and Seth yeah. Rogen and, and Chris, Pratt, they got some great talent there just, you know, but I know they're only going to go halfway because they're afraid of irritating somebody, I'm sure. So, all yeah, right. They want to make a kid's movie. Yeah. And, and they're going to stick to being a kid's and movie. And that's fine. And they got all this talent and they could have done more, but, you know, that's not the right Yeah. Thing. Well, that's, it's fine. That's the way it is. So, all right, brother. Well, I will talk to you next week. Thanks for coming on board. You got and next week. It will be Nicholas Cage and Renfeld. That's the one I oh, left out when we man. talked a little bit earlier. We got to talk I just, about I just oh. felt. I felt like the, the people who were dedicated enough to stick around for this part needed to hear that. Oh, yeah. Renfield. Like there's, a, there's a reward. There's a reward for it sticking around. It looks so good. All right. I can't wait. Yeah. Thank you, my friend. We will talk to you next week. Okay. Again, folks, I mean it this time. I'll see you on Monday. Have a great weekend.
We've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show. 